Thank you for tuning in to Copland Comic. I'm Brian Copman, and we're here with comic Dave Jenkins. Dave Jenkins, how the hell are you? What's going on? How are you? Oh, it's so nice for you to join me here. And real quick, uh, where can people normally see you do stand-up comedy in New York City? And where can they find you online being funny in the meantime? Uh, all right. So online, I could remember that more easily right now. Uh, right <laughs> online, uh, my YouTube channel is the same thing I, as I am on every social media, which is just real Dave Jenkins. Real Dave Jenkins, all one word. Um, yeah. So that's where I am on uh, YouTube. I got some videos there. I got some stand-up there. Uh, my website, realdavejankins.com, has all that, a little bit more. Um, so that's the online presence. Instagram, same thing. Twitter, Real Dave Jenkins, all that. And uh, in person, I'm usually at Broadway Comedy Club, uh, but lately I've kind of been I'm, I've been getting all around New York City. So I've, I've done Gotham a few more times. Uh, I've done West Side Comedy Club a few more times. And generally just, yeah, there's a lot of shows that happen in bars in New York City. So the best way to find me is just follow me on anything. And if I'm on a show, I'll post about it a couple of times before I actually show up. Oh, good, good. And then in the meantime, you've been doing, I saw some front facing videos. You, you're, yeah. you're, an, you're kind of an actor as well, aren't you? Yeah, I, I do comedic acting. I did try regular acting the same, I guess, week that I started doing stand-up comedy and regular acting when it's not funny, just it, it, all the hard work I put into it, it isn't rewarding even when it goes well. So, <laughs> like stand-up, I could, I could deal with all the bullshit in stand-up because when it culminates in like the reception of a really, really good show, I'm, I'm glowing. I'm like the happiest person ever. So all, all the bullshit that comes with it, I can handle and I'm never going to complain about it, but regular acting no matter how well it went in any one particular place, all the work I knew I had to put into it to get there it just didn't fill me with any good feelings. So yeah, no, no regular acting for me. But if it's um, if it's a funny project, if funny people I know are involved with it, or if I wrote it, or if I'm filming it, um, then I'm happy to do it. Yeah, so it's like Sebastian Maniscalco and the Irishman. Like you would not want to be cast, even if Scorsese was doing it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and I think uh, where where I saw you, you, you popped up on my Amazon Prime, and I see that you're in Happily Ever After. You're the the male lead in a, a comedy about kind of a couple, and it's a mockumentary where you know you see a relationship um, being filmed, but you also see those aside where where you guys are you know in your little confessional booth talking directly to the camera about what just happened or or what you think about the other person, and then ultimately I think you guys also see each other confessionals at the end is that correct yeah there's yeah so there's there's talking heads i think at the beginning to like uh and that would be like i guess day one like oh yeah we're like like kind of like in a pilot of the office where like they're actually talking to the cameras like oh yeah we're excited to get started uh and yeah then i think at the very end we have like alone it's like single talking head confessionals and then at the very, very end, I think all that gets thrown in our face together on the couch. <laughs> and it does not, it does not end. Uh, you guys have a lot of work to do by the end. Yeah, we, we've grown, but there, there's a reason growing pains is a, <laughs> is a, there's a reason that's a phrase and a oh, TV show. Oh, I love that. And then it sounds like um, Jenya is a comedic actress and she, did she write the thing and then cast you because you're just, you know, the funniest dude with the best hair? <laughs> you cut the hair. Um, so I don't think Jenny. I don't, I'm not sure if Jenny cast me directly. I know that Jenny wrote the sketches, 
Um, she's a comedic actress. She also does stand up too. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's worth checking out all her social media. Um, and I I know that she went to the guy who produced it, uh, Jim Mandrinos, uh, who runs New Media Comedy, uh, which I've I've done a million projects with them. That's how I'm even uh, on their radar. So he just emailed me and said we got something. Uh, if you're interested, let me know. So I read it. I was like, oh yeah, these are funny. And then I met her. What I can't remember because it's interesting that you brought it up. I can't remember if she told me that she picked from a group of guys that he picked and then she <laughs> sat on and then she just chose me or I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you guys are not a, a real life couple. No, yeah, we met the first day of shooting. Acting. So yeah, you're just uh that was something where you just you acted in a big role. Was that one of the bigger roles you've had or not really? Um, I don't think so. It, I mean, we we actually filmed it very efficiently. I think it only took two real days like all the sketches were filmed in one day, and the confessionals were filmed uh, on another day. So we, we, we got it wrapped up pretty quick. Um, it, it's up there with, with some of the bigger things I've done, yeah. But yeah, it's on Amazon Prime, and so everybody can watch it. It's happily ever after. Yeah, that's what I wasn't expecting, because a lot of the videos I do with new media, um, they're, they're growing. So it, it's, it's very interesting to have been there when they had, I don't even think they had a studio space when I knew them. So I, I'm I'm still kind of used to doing projects for them that end up on like Instagram or YouTube. But yeah, it was actually a huge surprise that it ended up on Amazon. I I, I keep forgetting how how good they're getting at what they're doing and how how much of a reach they have now. And are they going to produce your comedy special? If if they let me, yeah. <laughs> I think I always thought in my head I would do that myself. But yeah, I always, okay. I, I forget that someone might want to do that for me. <laughs> so I'll I'll ask them when I get to that level. And then what kind of stuff is, you know, what's going to be in the Dave Jenkins special? You know, like what can people yeah. expect when they come see your show? And also, you know, what what kind of stuff are you doing in your front-facing videos? I know I, you know, I know I see you on Facebook. I know, you know, I see your videos on Facebook and Twitter. And what, you know, what, what are the things that are interesting enough to you that you're putting them in these videos and also that they might end up in your special? Yeah, so the front-facing videos are, uh, those were my response to being in quarantine because uh, my favorite way to write jokes is to not really be too rigid with, uh, with how I want to do it or whatever it is. I just want to kind of go on stage and try the funny thing and then see what happens and then actually, like, turn it into something real and good, like, like actually put some craftsmanship into it. So the, those videos were more or less what you would see me do at, like, an open mic or, like, a low-stakes show where I'm trying out new material. So like I, I know very well that what I'm doing in those front facing videos is not stand up. It's definitely not stand up caliber material out of me. Right. Um, but it's it's how I would sort of kind of blindly uh, like motion or what is it like when you're like put, putting your hands out in front of you if you're blind. I don't know if there's a word for that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, sort of just feel my way around. That's what it is. Uh, just sort of like feel my way around an idea or a joke and hit it from a few different angles. And then when it becomes real stand-up, it's usually just one of those angles and it's tightened and it's polished and it's executed probably in every case a lot better. So that that's really just what it was. It, it was something I could wake up and just do once a day and have some sense of like normalcy and some sort of schedule just to give myself just the tiniest bit of pressure to just, all right, you got to do a video today. What's it going to be about? And every time it was always so rewarding because there were so many days where I just, I'd sit in front of my laptop. I'm like, this sucks. I don't want to do it today. <laughs> and then I would like turn off my phone and close the door. And I'd be like, all right, let's, what, what do you want to talk about? And then it would just be something I'd let myself talk about something to myself that isn't funny and then find what might be funny about it and then expand upon that. And then, 
you know, like an hour later, there's usually some some video to go along with it. Um, do, do you find yourself getting more feedback with these front facing videos than you would at an open mic? And if so, will that kind of then be your testing ground, um, you know, even post Corona? Uh, it's possible. Um, probably not likely because one of my favorite parts about my standup is uh, the element of surprise. Like not every joke is I'm, I'm not pulling the rug out of you from like from every joke, but so many of my jokes are uh, revelatory in a way where I'm, I'm kind of revealing bits of information in a way that I want to be surprising. So I probably wouldn't want shitty versions of those ideas online forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I guess unless you, uh, yeah, I suppose if you deleted it, you know, it wouldn't, you know, go on forever. But if somebody else downloaded it, they will see Dave Jenkins just uh, his, his open mic caliber uh, comedy, which is probably good, but maybe not as good as a polished angle. It would probably be not good for the level that I'm at now. So I, I have saying in those videos that as soon as I get on stage, I'm either going to delete those videos or just or, or hide them from the public until later. <laughs> um, because, yeah, a lot of those ideas are stuff that I wanted to talk about on stage, but then I couldn't because of the virus. So those were ideas that I probably would end up getting into the first special. So like for as far as that goes my jokes are kind of like maybe like three pronged but they all try and i hope relate back to each other uh, one of them is like autobiographical so i just kind of talk about my childhood and my relationships with my sisters i have three older sisters um, my parents and like my grandparents and uh, my neighborhood had a huge impact on me growing up uh, like catholic school all that stuff so anything about why anything that made me me is like one big angle that I just sort of draw from that. Um, another one is where I'm at now and all those kind of relationships and where I think I might be going. And then a third one, which is probably just as big as the other two, is just literally random shit that pops into my head that I think is funny. I don't know how else to describe that. And how, but, how do you how do you work that into? Like, you know, how does that, you know, I suppose that's the second, that's, well, and I suppose that's the third prong. And so how do you then mesh together that funny shit that pops into your head with things like, you know, um, you know, your upbringing and also the cast of characters in your life. Like, how can you make, make the organic transition into and out of that? It just seems difficult for, for a layman like me. Yeah, no, that, so that's a good question. So basically, I think Chappelle talks about it in one of his specials. But, um, but I always think of it, it that jokes are written uh, one of two ways. One way is, like I said, with like autobiographical stuff, stuff about my life. It's where I go into a seemingly not funny part about my life and I just start asking a million fucking questions until something pops up where I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably not that normal. I should talk about that. <laughs> um, so that's me looking for a joke and then finding it. Whereas the other shit that pops into my head is I'll just be sitting there without any stimulus. My brain's pretty much on autopilot and then I'll just start laughing about something. And that's, those are the jokes that get written backwards. Like th those jokes are almost always, even after they've been polished and refined, uh, the punchline is almost always word for word the same because that's what popped into my head and it makes that makes me laugh so much. So from there, you have to literally work backwards and say, all right, well, here's a funny idea, but what the, how do I come up with an excuse to talk about this? And then, yeah. and then sometimes it depends on, you could just lie. I, some lies are really good for that. Um, you just have to be careful about what you lie about. Like you can't lie about siblings that don't exist or about dead right. people that aren't dead. You could lie about where you were the other day. All that shit is fair game. Um, as long as it's not like an identity creating lie, then 
I think it's fair game. Um, so I suppose if you naturally had an oddball neighbor who was always saying wacky shit, you could put something wacky that popped, you know, popped into your head into, you know, so that is actually, so that is coming out of his mouth. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's such a believable lie that I wouldn't even have to have a neighbor. Like there's there's um and there's also the the suspension of disbelief when it comes to like any joke about driving. I mean, I do so much of my material in New York City where I usually don't have access to a car. No one else does. So any joke about driving is usually met with some suspicion, like, wait, really? But if but if you keep it and work at it, eventually if it's good enough and it's fast enough, people just accept it. I mean, most people have driven a car, they're gonna know what's going on. And then if you do yeah. a joke on the, if you do a joke on the road, of course those people drove. They drove to get there. So Yeah. And also, even even as a New York audience, I mean, they could think that maybe you are just a, a road comic who drives constantly. So it's all fairly yeah. believable. Totally. And, and yeah, I think, yeah, lies about like um, you could probably lie about a girlfriend as long as if you could fit a lie into like any archetypal character that everyone's aware of, like some kind of boss or like some crazy ex or something like that. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So long as whatever you're lying about isn't like the consequences aren't huge because otherwise yeah. it's like, I have a joke about, um, that I, I made, uh, there's some girl ghosted me because I made her fail a drug test, which I had no idea about because I've never given her any drugs. And I, to my credit, shouldn't do any drugs. Um, but it turns out that I, because I do drugs and she swallows, she could still uh, <laughs> test positive for whatever. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yes, but the thing is, that's one of those jokes that I wrote backwards. That stupid idea just popped into my head. I'm like, wait, can you really, if you swallow some guy, can you, can you test positive? So then I'm like, shit, how do I come up with a reason to talk about that? Uh, and yeah. then, then I did it. You make up a girlfriend that dumped you. It's not like, it, um, it's not my wife. It's not some fucking person that I'm going to have to see every day. It's some ex. Everyone has some ex. So that I'm comfortable lying about. Um, so, I mean, since you mentioned wife, it leads me to the question, which is, is there anything in Happily Ever After that someone in your life would say, yeah, that's Dave, or no, that's not? Like, I know you didn't write it, and they didn't write it with you in mind, but is there any from that anything from that character that you identify with? Uh, yeah, probably... I would say the confessionals, particularly because the confessional parts of that special are improvised. So, oh. uh, yeah, those weren't written. Um, any Anything that was in a confessional we did on another day and they were like, here's what we're going to tell you. Just kind of start talking and we'll see what, we'll see what we, we can pull out of it. Um, and so it makes for more, more naturalistic acting, too, if you're riffing a little bit. For sure, yeah, because as far as I was told, my character, I didn't really have much information about my character. So I, it's not like I was even trying to be anyone else. So... I would say anything you hear me say in that confessional scenes of that special is more or less me in a relationship, just trying to like put put out fires and stuff like that. But you're almost kind of tipping to what people can expect if they get in a relationship with you, right? I would say so. Yeah, I'm very like <laughs> I'm very anti-conflict. Uh, I, it's very hard for me to get into a screaming match with someone unless that's all they're coming at me with. But other than that, uh, I mean, I'm in a relationship now. I have a girlfriend. Everything's great. Uh, what, and what what did she think about seeing you with somebody else for uh, that was it twenty minutes happily ever after? I mean, she gets it. She's pretty evolved. <laughs> she's not like, you know, she's not going to explode on me for whatever it is I may or may have done in that. I will say there is another project where I don't know how light of the mood this is, but there's another project that I did where I have to do a very violent sexual act, like I'm the bad guy, wow. and that was very hard to film. That has not come out yet. <laughs> Well, um, I, I would hope it would be hard to film. 
that was literally like acting up to that point was more or less I don't want to say easy but like I could figure it out um, sorry there's a bunch of people about there's about to be a baby shower party happening at where I am right now <laughs> oh, good. Good. but with the doors closed I think we should be yeah, good just, um, yeah just talk about your violent sexual act pretty well I know, so I know. luckily I can't hear you so <laughs> but yeah I had to do that um, that hasn't come out yet I'm very worried for my girlfriend to see that because that was like I, I really had to put on a fucking monster of a face to make that work. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with the ability I had to act something like that, but Jesus Christ, if it, if it's, any, <laughs> it was it, like, it, have you ever like, I was like literally miming that ripping my own face off of my face when they would say cut. Cause I just like, I would have this fucking scowl on and I'd be yeah. doing all the awful stuff and they'd be like, all right, cut. And I'd be like, Ugh. It's like literally, it's like I was underwater the whole time, and like finally I could breathe. It was oh, it was the goddamn worst. And is but, there anything from this acting, like even you know playing a monster? Is there anything that can make its way into your stand-up act? Like, you know, do you do any characters? Do you do any act outs that might be helped with? Uh, oh, there's another side of Dave Jenkins. Maybe I should uh, throw it on on stage. I'm not much of a character actor. Uh, I don't really. Yeah, I wouldn't say characters make their way into my stand-up. I mean, I for sure have act outs, but they're not like. Those act outs aren't dependent on my ability to do an accent or like uh, or any particular mannerisms I might adopt for that character. Any character I have in an act out is usually just servicing a more effective way to tell the joke. A lot of jokes can be all tell and no show, so you gotta show a little bit here and there. So any yeah. act, it's usually just that. It's usually just like kind of like how Bill Burr does an act out. He's not gonna. Yes. He's not gonna put on an accent. He's just gonna put it. He's just gonna give some voice to whoever's in the joke, and then. That'll usually deliver the punchline better. And is there anything of Burt in your act? I mean, do you, do you have any, uh, you know, kind of rants or whatever? Like, it sounds like you're conflict avoidant, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're uh, keeping it out of your act. You know, that could be oh, yeah. the reason, reasons why you can avoid conflict is because you go on stage and rant about what just happened instead of bringing it into your relationship. No, I, absolutely. Um, so that, yeah, that's a good point. I definitely have rantier aspects of jokes. Um the, I would say the longer the bit is, the more into that I can get. Right now, because I'm still building an act, I have a lot of like, like a, like a million unrelated jokes that are all like thirty or forty seconds long. So right. the, sometimes that can get hard to get into that. But yeah, when it, like I have longer jokes about growing up because those are the ones I've worked on the hardest. So like any jokes about like my sisters, my family, my parents growing up, the youngest, uh, yada yada yada. All those are yeah a little a little more ranty where I'm like, can you believe this? Like just saying. <sighs> Yeah, it's a lot of revelatory where I'm just spelling out all these different pieces of information and then I line them up in a way where I'm like, can you believe that's what I thought was normal at the time? <laughs> and so some of this is you, you making fun of your reaction back in the day. Like, you, you know, I was raised a certain way. And can, can you believe that that happened? Or can you believe that this was my reaction to that? And and you're just more much more evolved right now, but you still have some of those tendencies to, you know, avoid conflict or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. So that um, that all kind of circles back to I don't know if you you had to if you've you've seen the Truman Show, right? Uh, no, no. Oh, so there's a, do you know what it's about? Yeah, it's so like all his life is being recorded. Yeah. So the guy in charge of it, the director, um, he get he gets asked a question like how how why do you think he's never caught on? And the guy says, I want to get the quote right. He goes, We everyone accepts the reality with which they're presented. So, so he was in the commercial, he was in that TV show since literally he was like a fetus, I think since before he was born. So he never thinks anything is weird because that's his normal. Yeah. Um, so one of the best things to draw upon is your life when like the first five to 10 years, anything in front of you 
that it, you know, minus like being a refugee or something, anything in front of you is, oh, okay, this is just how everyone grows. And then, <laughs> and, then and then you go, any, any traveling or any sort of like class uh, migration, if you, if you get exposed to someone of a higher or lower class and you're like, oh, wait, whatever I thought was normal is not fucking the case at all. And that, that realization is always so funny that like, that explosion or connection of ideas that whatever you thought was fine is totally, of course it's not fine. Like any reasonable person wouldn't think that. Um, so that, yeah, that's so much fun. That's one of my favorite parts about just digging and seeing what I thought was fine. Well, it sounds like you have, you know, they call it finding your forever fountain, you know, like once you find out what you love the most, you know, you can just talk about it forever. And the fact, you know, I love your Truman Show, uh, I guess it's a metaphor or whatever the hell it is. Like, I really like the fact that, you know, nobody's going to gonna go around rejecting their own reality. You know, that would be untenable. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you have to accept exactly. it. Exactly. And it's such a shame because so many comics, like I'm this straight white man, so obviously like, you know, there's no real abuse in my life or anything like that, societal or even private. Um, and a lot of comics are, are like that, too. And they have this weird, like, guilt or something or this weird feeling of, like, they shouldn't be doing stand-up because they didn't have this traumatic life that they have to go on stage about. I'm like, that's not necessary. That's not a requirement. That's just one of the things you can do. <laughs> like, you don't. And also fucking dig grab a shovel whatever you think about your boring life is probably not fucking cool all right like right. I, there's so many i can't i haven't written jokes about them so i don't want to just say but there's so many things about like like my grandparents that i thought was normal or like the fact that this thing happened or like like one of my grandpas was an nypd cop but for like 10 years okay. and that's not normal like he there's something happened he <laughs> <laughs> He, I don't know what he did, and I don't think anyone can prove it, but I'm pretty sure 10 years in, they were like, hey, you got to go. Here's a pension. To shut up about it. Because and and you, could speculate, you could speculate wildly based on factual things about your grandparent that you've uh, noticed along the way. Exactly. The guy carried a gun on his ankle his entire life. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, I think there's a lot of little things that people dig. You know, people's lives are fairly fucking interesting. They just don't think they are because they've seen them every day forever. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that people think so little of themselves that they're not interesting because they didn't get hit by a fucking bus when they were eight. I mean, <laughs> you can find something. We're all human. Like, I tell jokes about having sisters that I thought were specific to me, and they are extremely specific to me. But, but what's good about jokes is that you kind of, like, you ping pong between the root of a joke and then you get to the leaf of the specific punchline but so many people hear the leaf and their mind goes straight back to the root and then they create their own leaf they're like oh shit he, his sisters put makeup on him oh my sisters did this thing to me oh fuck i can like that <laughs> so then those people are laughing in a relatable way to a joke i have about something that didn't happen to them and so many jokes yeah. operate that way so that's what's really good about that you you find something specific thinking it might not be relatable but it is it of course it is well, it makes me, I mean, it makes me want to see, you You know, next time New York, when New York City opens, I want to see the real Dave Jenkins. And it sounds like to do that, I will just follow him on Twitter like I do, but also just, you know, that across social platforms and realdavejenkins.com. Yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you, man. Thank you so much.